Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights for making money in food. The Edible Alpha podcast is hosted by the Food Finance Institute, where our mission is to help food businesses raise the money they need to grow. Through our podcast, FFI staff talks to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food or farm business. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Brad Rostowski, the program director for our Food Fellows uh, program uh, for the Food Finance Institute. Um, today, we're going to be interviewing uh, Eric uh, Weininger and, and Bree Breckel from B&E's Trees. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, understand a little bit of, the, of their story of how they started. They scaled to grow it and, and were, have grown and uh, grow it. And, uh, and, and a, just a little bit of her, their trail towards uh, building the business that they've got um, with B&E's Trees and Embark Brands. So... Welcome, uh, Eric and Bree. Um, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and and uh, just give a little background for everybody? I'm I'm Bree Breckel. I'm the B of B and E's Trees. Um, we have a maple syrup farm out here in the Driftless region near Viroqua. Um, we started uh, making maple syrup in uh, 2012, and um, pretty early realized that we really wanted to do um, value adding and really create a create a brand and a business that can support ourselves and our family. Eric? Yeah, hello, this is Eric. Um, yeah, farming was something that, that Bri and I had always, both of us kind of independently always saw ourselves doing, but never, never knew how we were going to get into it. And so it was... Uh, kind of a chance meeting that we met each other um, and Bree wanted to learn about motorcycles and I wanted to learn about growing gardens and food and stuff. <laughs> and my, my big hobby was gardening and Eric worked at Harley. So uh, we were, <laughs> we were pretty well suited for each other. Yeah. But uh, we never, never expected that it would lead to starting a farm and then a business together. And so well, I think, you know, it's, I was just going to say, let's going to back up for just a second here on that. Why don't you guys do just a little bit of a background of, of what you, you bring, you, you bring to your relationship and also to your business. I think uh, um, it's always interesting to see how, uh, from my point of view here, you know, where uh, entrepreneurs come from um, and sort of, you know, sort of what sort of set them on, on the path of entrepreneurship. So why don't you, uh, Bree, why don't you go in a little bit of your background? I, I was always interested in, in what you brought to the table when we were working together. Uh, so I um, I grew up r really close to where our farm is, just on the uh, the other side of a valley in the same watershed. Um, and my folks were part of the um, the original group of people who came together to create a uh, crop, which uh, grew into Organic Valley. Um, worked in the uh, they worked in starting the food co-op in La Crosse. Um, so good food has always been in my in my experience and, and innovation as well. So trying something new and not knowing if it's going to work, that's, that's just the people that we are. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, that was, that was kind of my, my growing up where I came from. Um, I worked for 10 years at the food co-op in La Crosse um, through college and then after um, and so really got a feel for what people were looking for, what what people were not just for products, but for the 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 farms, the families and the values that those products represented and also how people were receiving that, what they were looking for um, to to connect with those those products and those bigger picture things that those products were supporting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my background, um, we kind of complement each other really well. Bria's sociology by training and my background is in engineering. So it's the, the people and the problems, <laughs> problem solving. But um, I worked for about 10 years at Harley Davidson in um, systems engineering and energy analysis, CO2 reduction and emissions reduction. And what I loved about it was you know, motorcycles and bicycles have always played a big part of my life and just being able to explore. And I just love the problem solving that came with it and the intellectual stimulation. But, you know, working in 
even in a lab or at, at my desk, it just didn't have the, the fulfillment that I needed. And especially when I wasn't riding bicycle and being outdoors and active every day, um, winters got really long. I had a lot of seasonal depression and sometimes that would carry through through the seasons as well. And I knew I had to do something something different, something that, that I could find more purpose in. And so um, it just felt like, <laughs> you know, we, 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 I was supposed to do something outside. And that's where I, where I always found, found kind of the good energy, if you will. Um, and so when, when Bria and I met each other and we were just talking about our dreams, you know, that was one of the earliest conversations. Both of us just wanted to be, to be working with the land um, and trying to earn a living that way. And so, you know, farming has a lot of the same problem solving that I, that I found in engineering and especially, you know, once we got into the value added and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, forming a business around the farm, um, every, every day there's, there's, there's problem solving and uh, I get that same, that same intellectual stimulation. Um, but I have a lot more of that, that, if you want to call it spiritual connection to what I'm doing. And I find a lot more purpose in it. Very cool. Hey, you know, so one of the things that I've been is, as I've talked to various stakeholders in the industry these, these days with our new fellows program, we're going to actually have a value added agriculture uh, cohort. All right. And some people ask the question like, well, what do you really mean by that? All right. And, uh, and I've actually been holding, holding you guys up as sort of a, sort of a poster child of it. You know, you, you decided you wanted to be a farmer um, and get into the agriculture set lane. And that's when I first met you guys. Um, you know, and then, you know, you, you had the dream of, at that time of, of, of selling your maple syrup in retail. And um, I don't know if you had embarked totally baked, uh, completed by the first time we'd met, but um, didn't take you long to get to that point. So why don't you, uh, you know, spend a little time talking about, okay, so you decided, you know, you, you, you got your connection to the land and I, and I love hearing that, that background. Um, but okay, so you got a farm, you know, how many acre farm and you were trying to, to make this farm into something that, you know, would be, you know, you know, would, you could live off your land. Um, a lot of farmers want to do that. Um, you know, and then some of the realizations that you had and why you decided to, to, to make the leap into a brand in this case, you know, versus maybe a, an entertainment facility, you know, like a lot of farms are doing now with wedding venues and such. Um, you decided let's pick the easy route. Let's go after a brand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, why don't you? There are no you... easy routes. Fall <laughs> <laughs> <All> uphill. Yeah. <laughs> Both ways. So why don't you? Why don't you sh- sh- uh, just share a little bit of background on on sort of that? You know, okay, we bought. You know, we decided to buy the land and, and the farm, and and you know, and, and sort of that that migration to that aha moment where Embark had to be part of it all. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, initially we just wanted to be working outdoors, working in the forest and helping protect and preserve uh, a very unique ecosystem that we're just be, we're, we're fortunate to to uh, live in. And um, and so the first year, you know, it was very I'll just say it was very idealistic. You know, we 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 were off grid and still are. Um, and uh we had our first season and uh, we set up the woods. So it was just a, a, a maple woods that had never been tapped before. Um, we set it up, we collected sap, boiled it into syrup. We had a successful season in, in those regards. Um, that first year was the worst syrup season in recorded history in, in uh, Wisconsin. And our, our yields were you know, an order of magnitude less than what we, we needed to, to support the farm. Um, you know, just to, just to, you know, pay, pay bills and mortgages, not, not salaries or anything for ourselves. So we knew that seasons were increasing in variability that year. We had 70, 80 degree weather in the beginning of March. Um, maple syrup season historically is becoming earlier and shorter. Um, and so we needed to have a way to create more resilience, um, for this, this farm that we're now committed to for, for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, just, just figure out a way to, 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 to make everything work. And so 
commodity prices, you know, we didn't, we never wanted to sell just bulk maple syrup. Um, and so we just started thinking of, of all these different ways that, that we were using maple syrup um, and, and just decided to kind of, kind of start, start experimenting and innovating with, with uh, different products. Um, in 2013, we met the owners of Central Waters Brewing Company at uh, the Renewable Energy Fair in Wisconsin when we were learning about trying to grow our farm off grid. And uh, they had always wanted to do a, a maple barrel aged beer. And so this was kind of the first product that, that we saw, um, or really it was an idea. You know, at that time it was an idea of like, oh, this is something that's unique. Um, it sounds fun, it's stimulating. And so we, we went uh, into a, a, a collaboration with them um, that, that has really been successful for us um, over the past uh, eight, nine years now. So, so just kind of learning from the, the value adding um, with the, the, the bourbon barrel aged maple mm -hmm. syrup, um, uh, we, we wanted to do something else that was, that was unique to us and, and really captured, you know, who we are, the place that we, that we live in. Um, and, uh, it really went back to an idea that, that I had about, I think it was about 12 years ago now when I was doing a lot of endurance mountain bike racing, 24 hour races, nine hour, 12 hour stuff, um, and long bike packing trips. Um, was that uh, energy gels just aren't very delicious and you never want to use them unless you absolutely had to. And I just, for some reason, looked up the nutritional content of maple syrup and noticed that um, it had many of the electrolytes and energy density that these energy gels did. Um, it was lacking a little bit of sodium chloride, which can be... Um, which is really just sea salt. Um, and so started just putting maple syrup in uh, little flip top Nelgene bottles and bringing it with on adventures. And uh, for Embark, um, it really took um, stepping back from the, the barrel aging side of our business in 2020, not being out at events, not traveling um, to have the bandwidth to, to try to create a, a brand um, around that, that, that product concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was going to go back to, you know, one of the first questions I had, so uh, like I say, the value added agriculture angle here is like, I, I work with, uh, I've worked with you, but I've worked with other, uh, other, uh, farms actually. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, as you, as you considered it, I mean, I, I, I I think you and I have a lot in common and we're both engineers. Uh, we like to create things, you know, just like uh, free, but you know, the creation side of it is one thing, but then the other side of it is making a business out of it. All right. You know, so why don't you, you know, I, I know I started working with you and I started asking a lot of questions about more of the business angles of it all, you know, the supply chain, um, understanding how you're going to, how you're going to be able to scale and grow this business. So why don't you talk a little bit about some of that thought process, not just the creation, but, you know, the, of the, of the product and, and sort of what led you to that, but also um, a little bit of the supply chain side of things. Um, yeah. Like, so particularly um, with regards to the supply chain side of things, um, you know, we've always been fairly vertically integrated Um and what I mean is like, you know, we have the farm, we're working out there. We're physically the ones that are, you know, trudging through the snow and the rain and, and, and putting that work in. And that was something that we felt comfortable doing and we felt really good doing. So we were able to make the maple syrup. Uh, we set up a small um, bottling facility in uh, the Food Enterprise Center in Viroqua. So it's a food and wellness business incubator with uh, some shared use kitchens. And so we were able to set up a bottling line and then have, um, for lack of a better word, some control over that side of, of the process. Um, um, one thing as we're, we're growing the business that we've decided is we, we like being a family scale farm. 
Um, we like the scale that our farm is at. We feel comfortable with it. And so as we grow the business, we've been working with other friends and neighbors that have the same ideals um, as we do with, with how we treat the land and how we do business. And so as we're growing, we're partnering more with, with other maple farms and other farms um, and local businesses um, so that we can grow sort of, sort of a whole community of people at the same time. So, so we don't have a desire to have, you know, the, the largest maple farm or be the, the sole producer. Um, that also adds, adds resilience on the business side because it's really easy to have a bad year <laughs> and, <laughs> on a farm. <laughs> they, they happen more often than, than uh, you'd, you'd like to, like to, you know, plan for, I guess. But, but um, a lot of it really is, and I think that a lot of people have learned in the last couple of years, is just adding resilience into a lot of your supply chain um, and having strong relationships. Um, they've gone a long ways in the last couple of years in allowing us, um, our bourbon barrel line has been doing fantastic because of the, the connections we've made with local retailers and the, the connections that we've made being out traveling over the past eight, nine years, meeting people, you know, sampling the syrup, telling our story. Yeah. So, I, you know, and it, it's just, a, I want to, I want to, I want to come back to some branding discussion points in a, in a few minutes, but um, on the supply chain side of it. So, you know, you, you hit on some, some key elements, you know, as I said that, you know, you're, uh, was it 35 acres is your, is your, is your current uh, uh, land or is it bigger than that? The, the farm is 184 acres total. Oh, okay, 184. Okay. Um, all the entire farm is certified organic. We're, okay. we're mapling the, all, most of the forest. We still have room uh-huh. to grow um, in our woods. Right now we have about 5,000 taps in the woods, and we still have, okay. um, as we have more bandwidth, we have more taps we can put in. All of our fields are in, um, they're all certified organic and they're all in uh, perennials. Um, our neighbor is a, a grass-fed organic dairy farmer. And so we we work with him. Yeah, I wasn't aware that your, your farm was as, as big as that. One of the things I wanted to touch base on too, and I wanted to intrigue me, it intrigues me about the value-added uh, agriculture sort of angle of things. You guys, uh, when did you start your, uh, your rent, uh, buy your rent, uh, your maple farm and, and start mapling? Uh, so we bought the farm in uh, the fall of 2011. Uh, so mm-hmm. 2012 was our first first year with uh, with taps in trees. Okay. And then, you know, you guys, you know, I, I think I can't remember. I, I think I met you in 2015 or 16 at, at FAB. Um, and uh, so you guys have been doing a few years. When did, you know, so, you know, as you started going down this value added egg sort of angle of, 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 of your business, when you know you you also uh, uh, got your uh, got evaluated producer grant, correct? In order to be able to help you develop that. Yes. Yep. Why don't you describe um, a little bit of that that process? Uh, so the value added producer grant um, is a uh, national grant um, that helps. There's a couple different. Um, arms to it. One is bringing new products to market and one is um, helping grow existing businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we uh, applied for a um, value added producer grant for our uh, for our bourbon barrel line because this was mm-hmm. um, we wrote this grant uh, all before before the pandemic um, mm-hmm. as we were, were really trying to grow that that line of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we got our grant submitted, and was it a week or two later? Is when the uh, yeah. the next week the uh, the pandemic related shutdowns went in, and so our business had to shift gears really dramatically um, mm-hmm. at that time. And so all of the uh, you know going to in person events <laughs> that we had written <laughs> into the grant was not not really uh, available um, at that time. But it's it's been uh, we worked with a um, a grant writer to help us through that process, which I would Mm -hmm. highly recommend uh, to anyone who's pursuing that, um, especially for the the larger federal grants, Mm -hmm. because there's so much of it that's, that's process. 
mm-hmm. you know, making sure that the right form is in the right order. And they're good at that. You you come mm-hmm. at it with your your passion, your ideas, your inspiration, your your financial background, and and seeing where you need that that mm-hmm. um, that help. Um, but they can help you with getting it properly um, properly put together and submitted, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is great. So then, and so that grant, you know, so what were the elements then you had to pivot and use that grant money for and, and, and what was, so how did, how did that sort of help prop set up your, I mean, as you start thinking about financial streams, I mean, granting, getting grants is one, is one way of doing it. Obviously generating business from, you know, from sales and revenue from your farm, from your brands is another, but I guess sort of, how did you look at that as part of your, I'm going to say your financial package and, and, and sort of, um, what was its role? What was its, you know, uses of, of that you, you really focused that on? So the the biggest part of of our grant was for um, the uh, marketing and communications. Mm-hmm. So really um, helping build our brand, helping to be consistent and uh, reach out to um, both stores and customers, have in store promotions. Um, getting out and just really focusing on the, the awareness and trial mm-hmm. of our products um, with the um, kind of our, our pandemic pivot. Um, what's the, the most visible thing that's come out of that is that we are rebranding from Beanie's trees to embark. Mm-hmm. And so that all that communication is, um, is stuff that we're getting help with through, you know, developing that brand and that, those communications um, mm-hmm. with with grant funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we have Beanie's Trees is the, the farm name and is, mm-hmm. is will stay as the farm and kind of tell the farm story, the story of the, the people and the land. And Embark mm-hmm. is going to be the, the brand for our products. Mm-hmm. And then within Embark, we'll actually have um, really two different product lines on um, and so there's the, the the premium glass line and that is uh, our our two-year aged bourbon barrel aged maple syrup and then um and that's what the grant is helping us communicate um and then completely separate from the grant is the the embark athletic pouch or the the adventure packs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is is not uh part of the 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 grant yeah that's something that we um that we learned in the the grant process is we we were a little more specific writing it um and kind of kind of not anticipating a pandemic (laughs) kind of of painted us in ourselves into a little bit of a corner yeah um with that but that's you know that's again something that you learn and something Mm -hmm. that um you know we would do differently um Mm -hmm. if we were to do it again but Mm -hmm you know, we're working with it and it's, it's super helpful for the, the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really good to, to figure out a way to, to delineate between the, the farm and the, the, the business and product side. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's something that the, that working with some, some local consultants on, on a branding, uh, strategy so it has been really really helpful mm-hmm. yeah you guys have done a really good job of that i you know but uh, you know and working with you guys over the last couple of years and such i think it's it it it's pretty it is critical obviously um you know like in, the embark brand as you as you described it is really it's all about it is there's a lot of overlap but it, it's truly about the adventure you know um and how you know maple you know it can can really power, you know, you know, be sort of part of the part of the experience, and you know, you can tap into the tap into the trees and the, the, the energy of the tree to to feel your, you know, to feel your adventure. It it's it, uh, you know, I want you know, I want to go back to the branding side of it a little bit. So as you as you guys have navigated, um, you know, B and to embark, um, you know, and that brand strategy. Explain a little bit of it because this is sort of the trickiness of what you but you've navigated and, and you're, and you're navigating is, you know, creating, you know, a consumer brand, you know, um, and, 
And then the focus of that, and then how do you marry it back to, I'm going to say a parent brand in this case of being these trees. So why don't you talk a little bit about um, some of the thought process that went through that? Yeah. Like, you know, really the brand, we, we, we wanted to create a brand that really represented what is, what is most important to us? What, what is it that, that, that got us to where we're at. And so going back to even some of those ideals we had when we wanted to just live off grid in the woods, in our, in our, in our little, on our little maple farm, um, which we still do. And it's, it's fantastic. We've been able to keep that going, but, but what are those things that are really important to us that also differentiate us from, from other, other companies out there. And so exploring, you know, what, what these are, I think we, we refer to them as pillars um, mm-hmm. sometimes, um, and uh, really just just letting them come alive through through us and through our communications. And this is this is where we're at right now is is in that that uh, really bringing the the, the brand to life uh, phase of things. But for us, the things that are really important, um, you know, one is is uh, connection. A connection to people, um, our community, um, the the farmers that we work with, whether it's the um, another maple farmer, elderberry growers, um, coffee roasters, um, all of the ingredients, just just us having a connection to them, and and our customers and consumers, you know, having that connection as well. Um, um, another another pillar is um, unmatched experience. So making sure mm-hmm. that every time a um, someone interacts with us, they're they're just having a fantastic experience from from the flavor to the the pouches, which we're still working on, <laughs> um, to just like having that, you know, really sharing good energy with people through the whole process, have it be part of their, their positive experience um, Mm -hmm. of their day, their week, their, their adventure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are, you know, just really drawing from like the emotions of, of really of being on adventure and constantly Mm -hmm. learning and exploring and, and finding limits and then being able to break through them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, really getting back to what, you know, again, what, what brought us to the woods in the first place. And it was seeking that, that, that good energy, mm-hmm. um, you know, becoming a maple farmer really, really has, has made me a much more <laughs> stable person. And, and just, <laughs> it, it filled a void that, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, I didn't even, you know, know was there. I felt yeah. it, that it wasn't yeah. there, yeah. but, but, uh, it's it, it it's I think everybody can can use a little bit of that 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 good energy and and for a lot yeah. of us getting outside being active, you know being being in the outdoors and exploring, uh, can can go a long ways to just just helping us feel better. And yeah. if you can fuel these adventures with with uh, embark, you know even even better. Yeah, I, well, I tell you, I, go ahead. Oh, the the transition from from Beanie's trees being the farm, yeah, to Embark being the outward facing brand. Yeah. Um, when we started, we, you know, Beanie's trees is is Brie, Eric, and the trees. It's it's <laughs> yeah. pretty straightforward. It's pretty wide open. Um, and that's that's where we were starting from. You know, yeah. starting as like let's yeah. start a farm, let's make maple syrup, let's do this. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. But over the years, we've really come to focus bringing into focus what what is important and how we connect with people and how we want to be out out in the world and so keeping bnes as the name of our farm and having embark as as kind of our our how we take up space in the world having mm-hmm. it's a much more clear communication it has more personality than like two folks and some trees yeah, um, yeah. and it's just easier to easier to remember easier to um easier to communicate embark maple um, yeah so it's, we're, we're really you, excited to be moving forward with that yeah you guys have you know i i've done a lot of work in branding this is this is really a great focus that you guys have done honestly so i think i've told you that before but Thank you. um you know you should you should take a little bit of a bow or a, you know sort of sit back and 
and and really, it, you know, I think you're doing it. You're reflecting on it. Um, I would act, I would I would you know take take a little bit of pause and just really feel good about what you've done because honestly, um, you've 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 really focused you know your brand outwards to a world that you know is, would like a lot of the same things you've done. Um, and it's not easy to do that. I mean, it, maple syrup is sort of, you know, it's, it's, if you've mapled, it's really cool, but if you've never mapled before, you know, you don't quite, it's a, it's a maple, you know, it's maple syrup. It's not as, it's sort of functional. Um, you've shown, you know, how it actually is a, a live thing and how it plays a role in things. And it's just, it's, and then, and then everything else you do extending sort of, you know, the B and E's, you know, sort of mantra through embark, you know, there's, it's all about the journey of things and, and adventure. Um, so it's, uh, you've done a, a, an outstanding job, honestly. So, uh, I really applaud you for that. You bring up something, Brie, I think, and, and I, and I've, I'm, I've been a FFI. We've been talking about, uh, we, you know, we do a lot of work on business models, all right. Um, with companies as we first start working with you. Um, and then we, as we've looked at this value added agriculture, uh, especially in our upcoming fellows program, we're going to have a cohort of 15 companies that are value-added agriculture, right? They're trying to navigate the terrain that you guys have just navigated. So if you have a farm, you know, you know, you know, you have a financial plan for that farm. Um, if you have a brand, um, you know, is, is your recommendation, you know, even if it maybe it's a brand or uh, even if it's a venue, you know, type of event type of thing, is it your recommendation that, you know, they're sort of two separate books of business, um, you know, to, to manage? I, I would say yes. I would say that that's something that it took us a while to to come to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's really running a small business and I think even more so a farm, it's difficult to have that that delineation between your life and work mm -hmm. um, and having the having the farm be one entity, having the business be, a, a linked entity um, helps as far as like, what is your staff's, what is your staff focusing on? What is mm -hmm. your, you know, what it, for licensing? Sometimes there's some distinctions you need to make for, for licensing. Mm -hmm. And really for us, it's really helped pull things into a much more clear focus, mm -hmm. having Beanie's trees be the farm, having Embark being the the outward facing the product end of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some yeah. of some of that's just like in your own mind keeping track of of where you're at and what you're doing <laughs> um you know and, and they're they're definitely linked but mm -hmm. um it's a sanity builder mm -hmm. for for me mm -hmm. eric are you going to say anything yeah just just uh you know, it's something that we've we've worked through, but but Bree's just just right on with all of yeah. that. It was it was kind of a almost a calm came once we decided like, okay, these are these are two different different entities. They work together very closely. They're symbiotic in some ways, um, but but uh, it, it it's really helped with with the focus on each on each side because they're, they're very different business models. Mm -hmm. the, the, the farm is, is works on a very different time scale for, for many of the activities, you know, if we're doing uh, woods management, you know, some of that is multi-generational mm -hmm. are the time scales that we're working on there. We're, we may not ever see, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the fruit from our labor there, but, but somebody will, the watershed mm -hmm. will, mm -hmm. you know, the, the ecosystems will, the business, you know, just, just operates. So it, 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 it's just a different time scale with yeah. different demands pulling at you. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to separate those. So you can put that focus where you need to, when you need to. Well, thank you for saying all this. You described really, you know, sort of the, as far as I'm concerned, I think one of the critical elements that I know we're going to, one thing we'll do at FFI is verify examples and, and research work that we've done is that, that it is better to do such a thing. I, th I would strongly advise it. Um, I think you guys are set echoing the same thing, but um, because there is a, to your point, there's a sanity that I think the farmers have a little more of a connection to the land and a sanity check. And it's over a, over the, a year, it's over years and mm -hmm. CPG businesses, while it is over years, if you don't hit the next quarter, you're in trouble. 
you know, um, and it's just like, can you have to adjust sales quickly? Um, you know, it's, it's a different thing, you know? Um, and so I think having two separate businesses, you know, that, you know, they're aligned, obviously, um, like say you're, you've got a preferred provider in Viennese trees, maple, you know, for a bark, you know, it's like, of yep. course you're going to buy that maple, um, you know, and, uh, but, but it allows the two entities to function, you know, and, and you can, you know, in theory, you could spin one off. Um, you know, and, and really, you know, not have to sell the farm and sell the brand, things on that nature. So now I'm going to roll it into the sort of the home stretch of discussion here. So, all right. So, you know, when, when I work with companies, you know, it's uh, an, an FFI, you know, as a whole works with companies. Our job is to really work with you to get you set up to, you know, be able to get the financing you need um, to, uh, to grow your business. All right. So, and I, and part of the reason I went down the path of discussion here today is that, you know, you know, raising money and, and spending money, you know, uh, you know, is, is pretty critical to obviously any business, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer. You don't spend money on, on just anything, you know, you have to have a plan, you have to have operations, you have to have sales, you have to have marketing. Um, and, and, and I think you guys have done just an excellent job of sort of pulling that all together over the years. Um, so, you know, I guess as you go forward, you know, the whole idea of, of looking at, you know, financing and raising you know, money and, 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 and uh, figuring out where you're going to take your brand and how much you need, I guess, maybe explain a little bit some of the thought process that you guys have, you know, have now in this arc of, of building Beanie's Trees to the Embark brand to, okay, where do you go in the next three to five years or in the sense of, of building out a business plan and, and then the financial packaging. Um, so why don't you give a little bit of thought, you know, share a little thought, your insights on that uh, with the audience. Yeah, I'll, I'll say one thing on that is that, um, you know, we, we created a, a financial model of, of the kind of the, the business as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're fortunate in that we have our bourbon barrel line um, where we have a, a, a fantastic engaged uh, customer base um, and a wonderful retail network of around 100 to 120 retailers right now for that for that line. Um, um, but that that provides us an opportunity to to introduce the Embark Adventure pouches uh, right away. Our, our retailers have have wanted. Um, you know, have, 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 would love to see product from us and they're excited for it. Um, so it was nice to have that kind of, kind of as a baseline in our financial model. Um, this, this year, you know, our, our, once we realized our, uh, packaging material was, was not up to our standards, our, our financial model, you know, you saw where we're adding resilience to your, mm -hmm. to your business plan um, uh, really, really starts paying off. Um, so, you know, we had, we had forecasted out um, what our, the number of retailers we'd be get, able to get into um, the number of retailers we'd be able to pick up each month and in what segments mm -hmm. um, we were trying to tie this back to a, a marketing plan um, and then gradually uh uh, growing our team and our capabilities as as we're getting out there engaging as sales are picking up. Um, this year we weren't we weren't able to follow that that plan at all <laughs> because we didn't we didn't have product we can sell, and so you know we weren't able to hire the the um, the sales manager that that mm -hmm. we had planned on. Um, we did just hire uh, marketing and communications. Um, so we're very excited uh, for for uh, our new employee to come on board. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really, really getting back to with the financial model, what are the, the costs that you know? Um, and then what are your assumptions? Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, just building out a, a pathway for success so that you can look mm -hmm. at, well, how much do we need up front just to get through a production mm -hmm. run? How much ingredients do we have to do we have to have to spend now? How much promotion um, are we going to anticipate? Um, and then looking at our different distribution channels, our sales channels rather, um, 
and looking at the different cost structures in each one of those and, and, and trying to put our best, um, uh, you know, assumptions on, on what, how much in each of these, these categories we're going to be selling. You know, if you're selling direct to a retailer, you have a very different cost structure than if you're selling into a distributor and using a broker. Mm-hmm. And so, so we built all of these assumptions into our, our financial model and uh, we'll be, and, and as a small business, especially when it comes to, to promotion um, and and just getting the, getting out there in the world, um, you can be really creative when you don't have uh, don't have huge huge um, financial resources. Just getting out there, um, getting to events, sharing the product, um, making those connections, um, and just like. How how can we do this in a way that has the the biggest impact for the you know within our our financial means? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really where being creative, uh, you know, you know, comes into play as well as building relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be. I was looking into, uh, for example, sponsoring races, and I'm like. Oh, it's twenty thousand dollars to sponsor a race. It's like, well, that's that's not in our cards. Mm-hmm. So, but how else can you engage with with the folks that are there, with the participants, and with the volunteers? Well, a lot of it is just showing up and being mm-hmm. there, and and being the, the the face of of for us of Embark, and and figuring out ways. Well, well, how can we meet as many people as we can and share this good energy that we're trying to bring? And that's mm-hmm. where we just started volunteering at aid stations. And mm-hmm. so now we're volunteers there. We're not we're not mm-hmm. a a headline sponsor, but we're interacting mm-hmm. with a lot of people, and mm-hmm. we're helping them, uh, you know, work through the challenges that they have in as 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 they're trying to take on these you know uh, endurance or ultra races. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting a lot of, of, of benefit, but you're not having to, to, to spend as much financial, mm-hmm. at least financially. And it, it really, really it aligns well with our, our brand, making those connections and sharing mm-hmm. the good energy. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, because that's I've, I've always I think when, when I talk to you guys, I always really I do spend a lot of time on branding because. Um, you know, like I've always used the example of, of, of uh, Southwest as, you know, it's all about, you know, there's all kinds of airlines out there. Why would you pick Southwest? And it's all about freedom, you know, freedom to fly anywhere you want, freedom to pick your seat, freedom, you know, as flight attendants sing to you, you know. Um, so every, it oozes through everything you do. And it's to your point, um, you, that's why I always give you guys a lot of credit for, you know, you even in your financing and sort of picking how you do things, it sort of comes through, right? I mean, you, maybe you can't finance something, but you can, okay, so if I can't finance that event, I can be at that event, all right? You know, and I can start, you know, you know, extending my awareness of my brand. Um, so it, even though, you know, and it, it, it comes through as, you know, part of the energy that you bring to the table. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, uh, I think people don't really understand when they look at financial, you know, building a business plan and building a financial plan that, you know, the elements all work. If they all work together, um, you'd be surprised at how much further you go. Um, I was going to ask you a little bit on that. So if you didn't, you know, on your financial packaging and planning and such. So, you know, I know we were working together. You had a good plan for 2021. Um, And then obviously things go sideways. So if, you know, explain a little bit, you know, by having those plans put together, you know, and especially, you know, especially not just for this year, you'd planned it into a couple of years out. I mean, even though that year two and three were less detailed, but it was showing you the arc, um, you know, if you didn't have that and you didn't have, you know, how would, if you didn't have that sort of level of thinking in detail, what do you think your success rate would have been with, you know, working with your supply chain, with your, with your banks, with, you know, other people within, within the structure. I mean, do you, how much, how much, how much value does you really putting together those business plans and financial models? Do you think, uh, how much do you think that helps um, business like yourself? Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, your financial model is when you're talking with a banker is where your, your credibility comes from, particularly if you have any, any past data that you can overlay with your 
with your model to see how well you you did or or if you didn't forecast something you know very well what did you learn from it and how are you applying that moving forward and so mm-hmm. i w- without having you know such a detailed model you know going through the cogs for everything and going through the 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 the, the costs the best we can you know there there's some things we know some things that are certain some things are our assumptions and just always always going back to them and checking them just gives you that much more confidence even that that mm-hmm. you can be successful with with what you're mm-hmm. doing and so it mm-hmm. and if if your numbers aren't working it it's 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 not necessarily impossible but it makes it extremely difficult for the mm-hmm. for the business and the brand to be to be successful in the long run so I was going to ask you, you know, one of the things I always, uh, I did this with my kids too, but it's like, you know, whenever you have financial problems, you know, I always say, you know, focus on them and they sort of go away. Um, and part of it is because, you know, not that the nature of the problems change, but your capability, your, 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 your capacity to address them has, um, have you found that as sort of like, you know, like, like your first business plans versus where you're at today? I mean, um, are they more robust? Are they, you know, have, you know, has that evolution occurred for you or is it, have you, this has always just always been a strength for you guys. I mean, it's a, a, a spreadsheet, you know, you can, <laughs> on, on the surface, a spreadsheet can look really good, but, but it, 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 it's, it's really, you know, what kind of vetting has gone into the content that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you don't have numbers that, that you can you can justify um and when you're starting out it's really hard to have have concrete numbers on something unless you've done it before or unless somebody is 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 sharing some insight with you mm-hmm. and so when we started you know our our first business plan and financial model was on trying to set up you know 40 acres of woods and and just paying the mortgage for the woods mm-hmm. and there was a lot that we learned uh, in that one. Um, you know, one of the biggest ones just being what was our our production yields going to be, and they mm-hmm. were just wildly off because of uh, you know climate change and seasonal uh, you know fluctuations. Mm-hmm. And so, so you start learning where where you have uncertainties and what the magnitudes of those uncertainties are. And as you just become aware of, of different variables and how much they can move, you start, you start really narrowing in on, on, you know, what your, 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 your certainty is in your financial plan. And so you, 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 you start getting better at making forecasts, um, and knowing how to, to actually, uh, uh, perform to, to, to meet those forecasts as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I find that, you know, all the time I was like, it's, you know, and the nature of the, of the task hasn't changed. It's that you just get better at it. I mean, it's like you have more data points to pick from. If I have one data point, I can project anything. Um, if I have two, at least I get a slow, you know, you know, no, if, I get, if, if I get 30 data points, I can, I can give you a contour of the line. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, you know, and it makes that much more, more sense. And if you have a place to put it, like I say, a business plan, a financial model, um, obviously, you know, from year on year, that's, you know, it, it not only helps you, but it helps the people around you, like your banks um, and, and other people you're working with that you can explain, you know, why things has are either good or why things, you know, you know, didn't happen. And, and was that a unrealistic expectation or was it, you know, just, wow, that something happened like a bad, a bad film, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, well, that's great. Um, go ahead. It it also helps, um, to see where you can make adjustments when things Mm -hmm. don't go as planned, because as we've said, things don't go as planned, but knowing, (laughs) you know, knowing where your solid points are and where knowing where you've got flexibility, you really, that's something that I've, um, really learned a lot from over the years yeah yeah and like kind of particular to our situation um you know we we had no idea what was going to happen in in you know march of 2020 mm-hmm. um and now that we're you know a year and a half th- you know into this 
um, we've been able to see that that folks really want to support us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of that that outreach and that connection um, and being active in, in spaces over the last, uh, you know, nine years has really paid off. And, mm-hmm. and now in our financial model, like it just gives us that much more certainty that, you know, people are going to keep supporting this, this mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, 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 it, it sometimes, you know, it just makes you, it makes you smile a little bit like, okay, we're, we're doing something right here. We have mm-hmm. a community. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's, it's really been great to work with you guys over the years. And, and I, and I agree you, you, you're, there's a certain authenticity that just oozes through everything you guys do. So congratulations on all of that. Um, so, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, okay. So here, I'm going to sort of wrap things up here a little bit and then maybe ask you one last question, but so, you know, any ahas or lessons learned or advice you'd like to share with, uh, the, 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 the audience on, you know, your, you know, your, your, in your invention, your adventure of both beanies, trees and bark, um, you know, well, if, if you had to do it all over again, okay, so these are the things that I would definitely emphasize, or these are things I would definitely avoid. I'd say that one thing, um, going from an idea to a small business, like a super small business to something that's, I'm going to use the word real, um, <laughs> starting off, you're doing everything yourself, mm-hmm. but figuring out that you can't do it all yourself is a really big deal <laughs> for, for me at least. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> Being able to figure out what, where my strengths are, where I can fill in when needed and what I just need to find someone with that area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's a huge transition from like, I have an idea and I've got a, bottle of syrup I can get on the shelf, you know, <laughs> to like to, to having a team, you know, and really the strength of building a, building a team mm-hmm. um, and letting them do what they do really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I second that. That has definitely been an aha. Uh, it's just, just, and just to add to that a little bit is, is, um, you know, figuring out what, what you enjoy doing and what gives you fulfillment because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't really believe in like someday you'll make it because if you're not enjoying the journey on the way there, I, I don't really see what the point is. It's, you know, it's, it's like going on a backpacking trip or something like the point is not to, to get over the pass or to get back home. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it is, yeah. Is, is, is it's not a race to the end. And so that, that journey going through everything, you know, you need to find, you need to find enjoyment in that and, mm-hmm. and purpose. And so figuring out what you're good at and still aligns with those and, uh, and, and, and focus on, on, on that stuff that's important. That's great. Anything else? Any other lessons learned? Oh, there's a lot, but <laughs> we could go for a while. Yeah, I, I had another one, but then but then I started thinking about backpacking trips. So <laughs> another um, area that we've done learning, you know, had a lot of learning is is making the adjustments as the business changes. You know, mm-hmm. starting off as we've got 40 acres and we're going to tap trees to pay for the 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 mortgage on you know to where we're at now mm-hmm. um making sure to keep evolving your business plan and your financial model as the the demands that you're placing and the expectations of your business are growing and changing mm-hmm. um keeping up with that is something that i can see being a stumbling point yeah and i and just just to just to add to that a little bit is is uh not getting so focused that, that you, you can't adapt. Um, just our, our ability to, to pivot both, you know, big and small, um, has been critical in us, you know, in some cases just surviving and getting to where we are now. Still being here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. No, no, to I say, you know, so that's to say that that would lead me to the lessons learned afterwards. It's like, 
because then one of the lessons learned I learned uh, along the way after about two or three, you know, plant uh, startups is like, you know, whenever the problem occurred, the oh shit occurred or whatever, it, I just started to realize this too will pass. All right. You know, and, yeah. you, know, mm -hmm. you know, you, 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 because every time I would, I would put my head down and try to figure out uh, that's the engineer me like you, Eric. All right. Okay. We have to, we have to sort of engineer our way out of this. You know, what, you know, what, what are the things that we can adjust? What can, you know, how can we change? Um, you know, and, and, you know, really, you know, you don't want to fail, but you know, it's like, you're not going to achieve what you wanted to, but, but you know, you're not going to fail. All right. So you're going to, you're going to make it to the next day. Okay. Um, and then you're going to, you know, then you're going to start again, you know, and, you know, having that resiliency, I think, is is something that, like I said, you guys have demonstrated. And I think if all the companies that I work with, you know, you know, the ones that are, you know, we've had in the in the FabCap and the FFI uh, accelerated program and the fellows program to be to come, we've had fifty companies come through, and I think we have three that are inactive out of fifty. Um, and and I think that just you know it 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 really talks about the resiliency of of the companies that we're working with, if they focus on, you know, building plans and financial models, um, you know, that, you know, you can beat the odds because the odds for companies of your size, are, it's, it's, it's really against us. Uh, you know, it's like 80%, you know, don't make that, you know, versus, you know, high nineties that are making it. Um, so it's, it really, you know, doing whatever you can do to help your business, you know, focus is very important. So um, and you guys have been great at that. Is there anything we've missed that you'd like to share, you know, as you know, to, with other with other entrepreneurs looking, especially on the value added egg side? I mean, even just building a brand. And so if you're you could share anything on that. But, you know, you're, some of your other I'm going to say farmer peers that are thinking about how do I navigate, you know, just the commodities world, you know, changing and, you know, my, my, my margins are, are falling blah, blah, blah. I want to look at maybe going either vertical or horizontal on my business model. You know, any, any things that you'd sort of like to, to, to share that I haven't covered. I'd say focus on what, what you love, mm -hmm. focus on the things that are, um, that really bring you fulfillment and, and value adding, um, it's a whole new business. Like it's running a farm is a full business and value adding is a full business. So trying to see where, where you want to be, I think is really important. Um, what you want to be doing. Um, and seeing if, seeing if the value adding end of it is something you want to do. Some people love the, the getting out to events, talking to people, some people that's their nightmare. <laughs> you know, and so it's wonderful for for some. It's not the best choice for for everybody. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, Bree really really hit something there, and that's that's taking the time to do some visioning of like where where do you want to be? You know what what are you really working towards? What are those things that bring you fulfillment? And then and then developing some plans to get there. And if that if you can see that through value adding, then then that that might be a, an avenue for you. But it's certainly not a a, a quick way to, to to make money or increase profitability on your farm, um, because it is an it's an entirely different business that you'll have to learn. But but with that comes a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, for us to to connect with people and to travel to neat places and and to really you know spread the the good energy from our, from our forest. And there's a lot of different ways of value adding from a farm as well. You know, both having, having products that you sell directly on farm, having products that go into stores, having farm visits. Um, people have some, some pretty funny expectations sometimes of, uh, of what a farm is. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so like kind of be prepared that people are going to, find you and show up at your place and you may, you know, they may expect that you have a, that all farms have stores and, you know, maybe you want to do that. Maybe you don't. Um, but it, it's just, uh, it can, it can be a really, really rewarding, um, really rewarding way of, of focusing again, focusing on the things you like. If you like that interaction, having people out to your farm, 
if you if that's not your thing as much, you know, having a product for sale on on store shelves. Um, but it, you know, you're going to be talking and communicating and building your brand um, anytime that you're doing that value added. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's. I think farms, you know, and value added adding farming just has so much opportunity because you know, no, no two farms are the same. Mm-hmm. And so no two farm experiences or value added products, you know, are, are really going to be the same and, and, you know, really leveraging that and what is different, you know, about your story, about your products, about you, you know, about what you care about and what you're putting your energy into can really help differentiate, you know, whatever direction you go with, with value adding. So anything else we need to add or, or uh, if not, I'll wrap things up. So you guys tell me. Uh, no, I mean, we'll be, we'll be active at uh, winter uh, athletic events, endurance, bike races, fat bike races and stuff. So maybe we'll see some people out there in adventurous places. Cool. Well, it's going to be great. Well, congratulations too on your new baby. Um, I think Thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is so cool. Um, like I said, I just, I just love new love. Is this something else, you know, that another level of energy that you bring to the table? Yeah. Um, so that is so cool. Well, yeah. Well, I think with that, I'm going to say thanks to everybody in the FFI world and uh, thanks for listening and um, we'll be signing off. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha and the Food Finance Institute by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.